الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Beloved brothers, sisters and elders in Islam We were created to worship Allah Allah says in the Quran وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I've not created mankind nor jinnkind except for my worship and we were created to be consistent in our obedience to Allah. In this lies our success, in this world, and in the next. The reality that we face, however, is that we are weak. Allah says in the Quran, Khuliqa al-insan wa Mankind has been created weak. We are weak-minded. We do not see the truth for what it is due to specious arguments, arguments that appear to be good, but in fact they are not. You are weak of the flesh. Sometimes we know something is wrong, but we just can't resist it. We just can't stay away from it. So we are weak. And since we are weak, we sin. And in fact, according to the Prophet, we are khata'un. We are frequent sinners. We are frequent sinners. And yes, the best of those that frequently sin, sin are those that frequently Repent. My dear brothers and sisters, some sins, however, are weightier than others. These sins are known as the kabair, the major sins. While there are those that are lesser than them, and they are known as sahair, the minor sins. And Allah in His infinite mercy has seen fit to overlook and to pardon our minor sins without even repentance on condition that we avoid major sins. Allah says in the Quran, in Surah Nisa, verse 31, If you avoid the major sins, amongst those things that you are prohibited from, we will overlook and pardon and wipe away your sins. And we will enter you into paradise, an honorable entrance. So even if you are committing minor sins, and ideally you should be making tawbah, because any sin is disobedience to Allah. And when you are disobedient to Allah, then you must seek His forgiveness. But Allah in His infinite mercy, that mercy that there is no beginning, that mercy that there is no end, Allah in His infinite mercy has seen fit to forgive you and to forgive me for our minor sins on condition that we avoid the major sins. Even if no tawbah, is made. Yeah, my dear brothers, although we should be doing our utmost best to avoid even minor sins, we have to acknowledge that the true challenge lies in the avoidance of major sins. If you are committing a minor sin every now and then, you are not too frequent in it, it cannot be said that you are persisting in the commission of minor sins, then you are still considered a pious Muslim, inshallah. Even the most pious of Muslims, the wali of Allah, is not on the level of the Anbiya. The Anbiya and the Rusul, the Prophets and Messengers, they were the only ones that were ma'asumun, sinless. And notice how Allah says it. Allah says they are ma'asumun. If you know Arabic, you would know that the term ma'asum means maf'ul. They are acted upon. So Allah is not saying that they are sinless. Allah is saying they are protected from sin. 
So the only reason that even the Ambiya and the Rusul are without sin is because Allah protects them. But every other human being, he commits sins. Even if he's a wali, even if he's the friend of Allah. Because it is our nature, we are weak. But the true challenge lies in the major sins. If we avoid the major sins, and we avoid persistence in the commission of minor sins, because that on its own is a major sin, if we avoid that, then technically we could still be pious, inshallah. Technically we could still be the slaves of Allah, that he considers his close friends and he considers beings that do things that please him. So we need to focus on which sins. What should I watch out for? And when I look at, I look at my body as a whole, as a thing that could be used in the service of Allah and pleasing Allah, and it could be used in the disobedience of Allah and displeasing and angering Allah, I notice that some of my organs and some of my limbs have more power than others. Like for example, we learned in the previous Jumu'ah that the Amir of the limbs, the general of this army that is known as the body, is your heart. The general of this army that is known as your body is your heart. The Prophet says beautifully in the, in the hadith, Allah inna fil jasad ila mudghah, ida saluhat saluhat kulluhu, wa ida fasadat fasadat kulluhu, and the Prophet says, Behold, that in the body there is a lump of flesh. When the lump of flesh goes the way of piety, of goodness, then the entire body goes the way of goodness. And when that lump of flesh goes the way of facade, corruption, then the entire body goes the way of corruption. And then the Prophet says, Behold, it is the heart. So the heart is the Amir. It gives the command, the rest of the limbs, they obey. They are merely soldiers with regards to this particular issue. So the heart has a special place. And there's need to reform the heart. There's need to get that heart away from being a heart that is nafs amara bisu, a heart that is frequently commanding its owner to do evil, to first get it on the level of nafs lawama, that soul that reproaches itself and is able to see its own defects and is not always accusing others of being defective while considering itself somehow superior to defect. And only when we go through that level of personal criticism, self-criticism, self-introspection, only when we reach to the higher level, that is the intended level, that level wherever, whenever somebody passes away, you will hear at least one of the ulama saying, Ya ayyatuhan nafsul mutama'inna irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatan marbiya. That there is a dua for the deceased. May you be that soul. That soul that is nafs mutma'inna. That soul that is at ease. That soul that is pleased with Allah. And Allah is pleased with it. May you be that soul. What have we learned? We have learned we can only go from the evil soul, the evil heart, to the heart that is the heart that is at ease. When we go through the middle heart. Which is the heart that is lawama. It frequently reproaches itself. Criticizes itself. Sees the defect in itself. And it strives to reform itself. So the heart is the Amir. But it would appear, as ulama say, that the heart is a tarjuman. He has a translator. Between the general and the rest of the army, there is somehow a captain. There is somebody that takes the command to others. Somebody that conveys the message of the heart. And that being is the tongue.
that being is the tongue. The tongue holds a special place amongst all the bodily hearts, or sorry, amongst all the bodily parts when it comes to the issue of committing sin. Let me quote to you a few hadith to think about. The first hadith comes in Tirmidhi. The hadith is Hassan of, of acceptable authenticity. The Prophet of Allah says, إِذَا أَصْبَحَ إِبْنُ آدَمُ When a human wakes in the morning, فَإِنَّ الْأَعْضَاءَ كُلَّهَا تُكَفِّرُ الْلِسَانِ All the limbs of the body, they turn to the tongue in obeisance. They submit themselves to the tongue. Ulama, when they discuss this term, تُكَفِّرُ that is being used over here, they say it is a type of bowing that the Chinese and the Japanese do. Right? So every morning, all the parts of the body, they do that bow. Yes, Sensei. We submit to you, Sensei tongue. We submit to you. So every morning, the lungs of the body does this towards the tongue. And they say to their tongue, Ittaqillah fina. Fear Allah regarding us. Our safety lies in you. If you do what you're supposed to do, we're safe. And if you go the wrong way of tongue, then we sink with you. And Allah knows best. If you want istiqama, firmness in the obedience of Allah, then we are istiqama. But if you stray from the path, if you become crooked, we equally will become crooked with you. Because this is the captain or the sergeant. He deals directly with the foot soldiers. You understand? Yes, the art is the general. But do the foot soldiers meet the general on a daily basis? No. They take the command via a line of command. Right? So it, 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 it only comes down to the foot soldiers via people in between. And it would appear that the tongue is the major individual that is in between the general and the rest of the foot soldiers. We find the following hadith in Bukhari, the Prophet says, Man yadmanu li ma bayna lahyehi wa ma bayna rijlehi. He who can guarantee for me what is between his jawbones and what is between his legs and one hadith it comes his thighs. If you can guarantee these two things, that you will protect it from sin, then adman lahul jannah. I will guarantee for you jannah. Don't you want khairul bariyah, the best of all creation, to guarantee jannah for you? Don't you want that individual to be your lawyer on the day of Qiyamah? Don't you want that individual to say to Allah, Oh Allah, I am your final Rasul, oh Allah. I am the one that conveyed your message to humanity, oh Allah. And I gave this man a promise. That if he protects his tongue and he protects his private part, then he will get Jannah. Oh Allah, on this day, will you show the world that I am a liar? What do you think Allah is going to say? Obviously Allah is going to say, you are that final Rasul of mine. You are my Habib, you are my beloved. When you give a guarantee, then that guarantee is my guarantee. Which is why in the Quran, when the Prophet pledged the Sahaba, and he put his hand on top of the Sahaba, Allah gives a report of that incident, and Allah says, Yadullahi fawqa idihim. The hand of Allah was above their hand. Meaning thereby, a place with the messenger is a place with Allah. An agreement with the messenger is an agreement with Allah. So if Allah gives, the Prophet of Allah gives you a guarantee, protect your tongue, protect your private part, then I guarantee you Jannah. Then that is a golden stamp guarantee. It is better than a ticket to the World Cup.
You understand? You know how rare that is for World Cup fans. This is Jannah Cup. And you've got a gold ticket. Allahu Akbar. Another hadith that comes in Tirmidhi also declared Hassan. Uqbat ibn Amr says, Qala qultu ya Rasulallah. I said, O Messenger of Allah, man najatu? Man najatu? What will save us? What will save us, O Messenger of Allah? Qala the Prophet said, Amsik alayka lisanak. Restrain your tongue. Restrain your tongue. So it would appear that your tongue is like a wild beast. And it just wants to escape. It just wants to bite people. Ha! That's the tongue. And the tongue has to be restrained. You must put a saddle and you must put reins. And you must keep him. <coughs> keep him. So that he does not run in the direction that he wants to run. So that he does not say what he wants to say. And you can ask anybody. They just found out a nice little tidbit about somebody. Your tongue itches. I have to speak about it. Somebody say tongue varlamas. You understand? It's itching. You understand? That thing has to be told. So the Prophet says, Restrain. Restrain him. And let your own house suffice you. Allahu Akbar. I will come back to the statement. Let your own house suffice you at the end of the hadith. Let your own house suffice you. So don't ever have a love and a liking to be outside, up and about. Don't have too much of a liking to socialize. Too much to be in the company of other people. It is better for you to be in your own house, and it is better for you to be alone. When you are like that, listening. So only leave your house if there's some good that can be done. And only enter the company of another if you are able to benefit the other or the other is able to benefit you. Otherwise, don't be in the company of another. Because that other now can only bring you closer to Jahannam. If he cannot bring you closer to Jannah, he's going to bring you closer to Jahannam. And Allah knows best. But I will come back to this issue of let your house suffice you. And cry. Cry due to your own sins. Cry. What are we doing now? We are crying. But not about my sins, but my wife's sins. I can see what bad bro. You can do bad hours. My goodness, Allah Akbar. That's what's currently happening, isn't it? We're crying, but we're always crying about other people. Because the person that is doing the wrong is always somebody else. I'm not in that state of nafsla wama yet. I'm not in that state yet where I see my own defects. And my own defect is keeping me from seeing the defects of others. So the Prophet says, cry for your own sins. And then Imam Tirmidhi says, this hadith is Hassan, of acceptable authenticity. So it's an authentic hadith. Another one, insha'Allah. The Sahabi Sufyan ibn Abdullah Thaqafi. Qala qultu ya Rasulallah. He said, O Messenger of Allah, haddithni bi amrin, a'tasimu bihi. Tell me of a thing. I will be able to find protection via this thing. If I do this, it will provide me with refuge. Qala qul, the Prophet said, say, Rabbi Allah, my Lord, creator, sustainer, is Allah. And be firm on that. Be firm on that. Do you really think that it is a small thing to say that my Rabb is Allah? You think that is a small thing? When you say that, when you say Amantu, when you say Rabbi Allah, 
then you are going to be tested. Because this is the sunnah of the true believer. Allah is going to test your faith. So after saying that my Rabb is Allah, the next thing you need to do is be on istiqamah, be firm. Because the test of Allah is coming your way. Jannah is not cheap. Jannah is Allah's product. And Allah's product is an expensive product. Because you are not buying in clicks here. You are buying Woolworths. That's Woolworths quality this. You understand? This is not pep stores. So you want something cheap, you go pep stores. Right? And I don't have a specific problem with pep, pep stores. They have some good quality things also. I just mean generally, generally how we look at it. You understand? Generally, if you're buying something from Woolworths, then the idea is quality. And generally, if you're buying from pep stores, then the idea is affordability. Right? Isn't it so? Right? So we're not criticizing pep stores, but affordability means something else also most of the times. And Allah knows best. So what Allah is not affordability, but Allah is quality. And if you want Allah's quality, you must give quality money. And you must give quality effort. You understand? Because Allah is a quality being. And Allah knows best. Call to Ya Rasulullah. I said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, ma akhwafu ma takhafu alayya. What is the most fearful thing that you fear regarding me? What do you fear most regarding me? And what he means thereby is not him specifically. He means thereby a Muslim like me. What do you fear most for your ummah? Then the Prophet took hold of his tongue. فَأَخَذَ بِلِسَانِ نَفْسِهِ ثُمَّ قَالَ And he said, Ada. This is what I fear most for you. Your own tongue. I fear this brother. And that is why ulama have said various things. Some ulama have said, سُنْ لِسَانَكِ إِذَا سُنْتَ وَسَانَكِ وَإِذَا خُنْتَ وَخَانَكِ Protect your tongue. If you protect your tongue, it protects you. If you betray your tongue, it betrays you. It is said that Imam Shafi rahimahullah had a ring, ring. And on his ring it was written, Jirmu Sahir wa Jirmu Kabir. In size it is small, in sin it is great. And he had it as a ring, so that every time he looked at his hand he could see a reminder. Watch out. Watch out. Small in size, large in sin. Ibn Hibban. May Allah be pleased with him. The author of the Sahih, there is more than two Sahih works. It is not only Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim. There are other Sahih works. So Ibn Hibban also wrote a Sahih. It is famously known as the Sahih of Ibn Hibban. And he says in there the following golden statement that as a modern alternative, it is being used every day today. He said, beware of what you speak. Before you speak it, you are its owner. And after you have spoken it, you become its property. So before you speak, you are the owner of it. You can still decide how to control it, how to let it out. But after you have spoken it, it is your owner now. You are its property. And that's we hear every day. When they arrest somebody, what do they say? Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Now that's exactly how it works in Islam. Anything you say, can and will be used against you in a court of law. The ultimate court of law. The day of Qiyamah in the presence of Allah. Everything you say can and will be used against you and for you in a court of law. That law that is Allah's law.
The Sahabi Mu'ad ibn Jabal, my namesake, Radlanu, may Allah be pleased with him. He tells us, Kuntu ma'an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I was with the Prophet alayhi one day, fi safarin on a journey. Fasbahtu yawman qariba minhu. One morning I woke up, early in the morning, and I found the Prophet near to me. Wanahnu nasiru. And we had started traveling, but the Prophet was near to me. Fakultu, so I said, Ya Nabi Allah, O Prophet of Allah, Akhbirni bi'amilin yudkhiluni al-jannah. Tell me of an action that will enter me into paradise. Wayuba'iduni min al-nar, and that will distance me from yalfaya. And Ya Mu'ad ibn Jabal al-Anu, had in his mind, the statement that comes in the Quran, فَمَنْ زُغْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَاسِ He who has been distanced from Yalfaya and allowed entry into paradise, such a being surely successful. So the ultimate success is that you are distanced from Yalfaya and you are allowed entry into paradise. And now Mu'ad ibn Jabal wants to know from the Prophet, what can I do to attain to this ultimate success? And the Prophet of Allah told Mu'adh, لَقَدْ سَأَلْتَ عَنْ عَظِيمٌ Verily, you've asked a mighty thing, a great thing. وَإِنَّهُ لَيَسِيرٌ عَلَى مَنْ يَسْرَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ But it will be easy for the one that Allah makes it easy for. What should you do? تَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَشَبَ اللَّهِ وَلَا تُشْرِكُ بِي شَيْئًا And ascribe no partners unto Allah in your worship of Him. وَتُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ And establish and be regular with your salah. وَتُؤْدِ الزَّكَاةَ And give the poor due. It is known as zakat. وَتَصُومُ شَهْرَ رَمَضَانَ And fast that holy month of Ramadan. وَتَحُجُّ الْبَيْتَ And perform hajj to the holy house. ثُمَّ قَالَ And then the Prophet said, أَلَا أَدُلُّكَ عَلَىٰ أَبْوَابِ الْخَيْرِ Should I not indicate you, should I not tell you what are the doors of all goodness? أَصَّوْمُ Fasting, Jannatun, is a shield against sin. وَصَدَكَةُ تُطْفِئُ الْخَطِيئَةِ And charity, it kills out, it kills out the sin or the fire of sin. كَمَا يُطْفِئُ الْمَاءُ وَالنَّارِ As how water kills out a fire. وَصَلَاةُ الرَّجُلِ فِي جَوْفِ اللَّيْلِ And the salah man or a woman makes in the middle of the night, meaning tahajjud. And the Prophet recited the following surah or verse in the Quran, تَتَجَافَ جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنِ الْمَضَاجِعِ Speaking of pious people, people that are muttaqoon, the Quran ayah says, they are people, their sides are distant from their beds. Meaning, they are occupied in worship. ثُمَّ قَالَ And then the Prophet said, أَلَا أُخْبِرُكَ بِرَأْسِ الْأَمْرِ Should I not inform you of the lead of all of this? وَعَمُودِهِ And its supporting pillar? وَذِرْوَةْ سَنَامِهِ And the apex of its hump. فَقُلْتُ بَلَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ I said, indeed, O Messenger of Allah, do so. قَالَ The Prophet said, رَأْسُ الْأَمْرِ الْإِسْلَامِ The lead of all matters is that you must submit unto Allah. Islam, submit unto Allah. وَعْمُودُهُ وَالصَّلَاةِ And its pillar is that you perform salah. وَذِرْوَةْ سَنَامِهِ الْجِهَادِ And the apex of its hump is that you perform jihad. Now after all of this, my dear brothers, how to go to Jannah? What is the lead of all matters? What are the doors of khair? The Prophet eventually ends up by this statement. He says, أَلَا أُخْبِرُكَ بِمَلَاكِ ذَلِكَ كُلِّهِ 
Should I inform you of the control of all of that? So how are you going to go to Jannah? How are you going to open all the doors of goodness? How are you going to get the apex of the hump? How are you going to get the supporting pillar? And how are you going to get the lead of all matters? You want the control of all of that. The thing that is going to make all of it easy. Should I inform you? So obviously he said, Bala ya Rasulullah, indeed O Messenger of Allah, tell me. فَأَخَذَ بِلِسَانِهِ Then the Prophet took hold of his tongue. فَقَالَ And he said, Kuffa alayka hadha. Restrain this. Restrain this one. And then you will get, you will get all of that. فَقُلْتُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ So I said, O Messenger of Allah, وَإِنَّا لَمُؤَاخَذُونَ بِمَا نَتَكَلَّمُ بِهِ Will we be taken to task for what we speak? Mu'adhar al-Anu was of the opinion, you can speak whatever you want. We're just speaking, we're not doing anything. So he's shocked. We will be taken to task, hisab will be made on the day of Qiyamah by what we speak. Faqala, and then the Prophet said, as a rebuke, fakilatka ummuk ya Mu'adh. And it doesn't mean it actually, but this is a rebuke. May your mother lose you, O Mu'adh. Meaning, may you die, and now she is without child. You understand? But it doesn't mean it exactly like that. It just means rebuke. Is it not that the thing that will cast people on their faces into the yalfire, or that will cast them onto their snouts, their noses, into yalfire, is it not anything more than that which is caught by their tongues? Meaning, the consequences that is produced by what they say. That is the thing that is going to take people to Jahannam. My dear brothers, whenever we speak of the tongue, and sisters, whenever we speak of the tongue, there are certain sins that we always mention. So I have to mention it. For example, riba. You speak ill of your Muslim brother or your Muslim sister. This is a sin. You speak ill in their absence. Some people, they say, Yeah, but the prat manatevarit. My dear brother, if what you are speaking of your fellow Muslim is the truth, then that is riba. That is backbiting. If what you are speaking is a lie, it is an even more serious sin that is called bohatan, slander. So if what you have to say is the truth, then it is riba, big biting. And if it's a lie, it's bohtan, slander. There's a classical example I always make, I always make it at this point. When I was younger, I was very sensitive about my big nose. So when I was young, if you had to do this, then that is riba. Because had I to hear of you speaking such things about my nose and how big it is, then I would have felt bad. And it might have caused enmity between me and you over a stupid little statement, the size of my nose. Is the size of my nose your business? So that's why the Prophet of Allah says beautifully in one hadith, مِنْ حُسْنِ إِسْلَامِ الْمَرْءِ تَرْكُوا مَا لَا يَعْنِهِ Of the goodness of a man's faith and submission unto Allah is that he avoids things that does not concern him. My nose does not concern you. It concerns my wife, yes? But it doesn't concern you. So my wife, the two of us, we can discuss my nose, but you shouldn't. 
then Allah knows best. Right. So if somebody is sensitive about something, then don't discuss it. Because it creates bad feeling. Then we speak of Namima, tail carrying. I know about some interesting tidbit. And if I tell B about it, then B will come to hate A, was the one that said it. I know hatred will be caused if I tell the story. Still, I tell it. So I'm a namam. I'm a tail carrier. I didn't start the riba. I didn't start the buhtan. But I made sure that its evil effect came into existence. Because its evil effect is adawa, hatred between Muslims. And while they were speaking the riba, they were doing the backbiting, its evil was only potential. While they were doing the slander, the evil was only potential. But the namam, the tail carrier, activates the evil. He makes it a reality. And that's why the Prophet Allah said, La yadkhulun namamu al-jannah. The tail carrier will never enter into paradise. Because he activates it and he actuates it. And this is why the following statement that we, use, we hear people frequently saying, that statement does not make sense if you know your deen. Yeah. I don't speak behind his back. I say it to his face. And people say it with pride. That there means you are more stupid than the one that is guilty of riba. Because the one that is guilty of riba is committing a thing that is a sin. But the reason it is a sin is because of the potential harm if the other one comes to find out about it. And here you are saying it straight into his face. Which means he comes to know it. And he comes to know it directly from you. Looking at your face and the look on your face and the anger and all of that. So what are the chances of hatred now? It's multiplied. So you are a case of what we like to call in the Afrikaans language, slum fang say bas. You're too clever for your own boots. You're too clever for your own boots. That is what has happened with you in that particular masala. And when I say you, I don't mean any specific individual. I mean a generic you, a you that applies to me also. I'm thinking that I'm clever, but I'm not really clever. I'm stupid, if that is my way. My dear brothers, this is clearly mentioned in Hadith. The Prophet Allah says, Atadruna mal riba? Do you know what riba is? Qalu, the Sahaba said, Allahu Rasulu A'lam, Allah's Rasul knows best. Qala, the Prophet said, when you mention your Muslim brother and you mention a thing that he dislikes. Qila, it was said, What do you think, O Messenger of Allah, when my brother possesses the quality that I speak of? Qala, the Prophet said, if he possesses the quality that you are speaking of, then you have made riba of him. And if the quality is not in him, you have made buhtan, slander against him. So let this be known once and for all, and it is not my words, it is the words of our beloved messenger, Muhammad, peace be upon him. My dear brothers, my time is almost up. So I want to say the following statement and end upon that, inshallah. There's a classical way we can look at the tongue. And we can look at the classical ways of sin that the tongue commits. And it is not limited to riba, bohtan, and namima. You can speak things that make you kafir. You can speak things that bring you to the very brink of kufr. Here in Cape Town, people have a common joke. He sees a beautiful girl, and then he says, 
Wow, you can my iman for That is not a joke. You don't joke with your faith. You understand? Would you joke about the chastity of your wife? Your faith is more valuable than the chastity of your wife. You can always get another wife. You can't get another faith. You understand? There's only one faith. You either have it or you don't have it. And Allah knows best. And I'm not trying to make women cheap. I'm just saying, right? The dunya is full of opportunities. But when it comes to iman, you either have iman or you don't have iman. So you need to take it serious. So kufr is one. Frequently people issue talaqs to their wives, not even knowing the consequences and the effects. Lady comes to me complaining about her husband. She wants out of the marriage. And as she's speaking, she says, and by the way, Maulana, I'd like days in kia What? Days in kia? Thousand times? Are you sure? Yes, Maulana, I'm very sure. Thousand times. If you divorce a lady thrice, there is no coming back. That is the end of the marriage. The talaq gun only has three bullets. If somehow you got a Tommy gun, sub-automatic, semi-automatic gun, and you got the ability to shoot a thousand bullets, then you must know that marriage is yankee and say chops. <laughs> Allah knows best. But it's the product of the tongue. You were angry and you couldn't control your tongue. And the Prophet said, Thalathun jiddun jiddun wazluun jiddun. There are three things that you say. When you are serious, it is serious, and when you joke, it's still taken as serious. When you say, I want to marry you, and then the father says, you marry to her. I accept the ending marriage, the father says, I married you. There's no joking in that. So even in a play, we have a nice play, and then the father says regarding his daughter, I marry you to my daughter, he's got the full right to take his wife home now. Because there's no such thing in Islam as a play on nikah. Nikah is nikah. If you say the words, it's clear-cut words, it is that. The same with talaq. You can't be saying to your wife, I talaq you. Sorry, my nikmah, when it's a joke. The joke is on you, my friend. And likewise, if it was an age of slavery, if you say to the slave, I set you free, and the slave picks his bags and starts walking, mashallah, I'm, I'm emancipated, you cannot say you made a joke. You can't play around with people like that. Islam will not allow that. So there are many more classical examples. But now we are moving into the modern age. And we have modern instruments and modern technology. So social networking has reared its ugly head. And the use of cell phones has reared its ugly head as well. Unfortunately, my time does not allow me to go into detail with this. So inshallah, in a future lecture, we will focus on the harms of social networking and the wrong use of the cell phone and what Islam has to say about that. So I end there, inshallah. أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين المسلمات استغفره نغفر رحيم.